Hi, I'm Nate Phelps, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Hey guys, it's Kevin flying solo today. This is a special show. Uh, we were supposed to do a show as usual, but you know, things happen and things are different, so we decided to do something a bit different today. We decided to do a show that talks about ourselves. I mean, uh, we go through a lot of people, we have a lot of interesting interviews, but we thought maybe our audience would like to know a bit more about ourselves and our own journey to apostasy. So, uh, joining me as usual was Nancy, Christina, Kirsten, Scott, and our old friend Tyler from So You Think You're a Skeptic. He used to be also one of the co-hosts on the show. So we thought we'd do a quick little show saying, Hey, what took us? What was the turning event that brought us from being Christian or non-Christian, depending where we were raised? What was our moment of apostasy? And we thought we'd share that moment with you. So listen back and uh, hopefully you enjoy the show about something a bit different. A different kind of show for you guys today. Enjoy. I like the Polyester and guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're going to do something very different. It's going to be a very different type of show. It's not going to be an interview type show like we usually do. We don't have a guest. We're actually going to be talking about ourselves and how we came to uh, get to our own apostasy. So I guess it gives a chance for our audience to learn a bit more about ourselves. So I guess I'm going to start with our kind of in-studio in guest, Tyler. Tyler, tell us a bit more about how you came to be... I, mean, don't, I don't mean conception here. I mean, you know... <laughs> you know what I mean. My mom and my daddy, yeah. We want details. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you'd call me an agnostic until I went blind, meaning I had no... I didn't give a shit and have a concept of God. But then I went blind from a bomb, and then I needed something to latch on to, right? And the whole Jesus thing and all that was just way too creepy. You, you, went, you went blind from a bomb, you know, from people that might not know exactly what that means. Uh. I blew my ass up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well done. You, when you I was a better hobby. When I was 13, yeah, well, yeah. But then I, I need something to latch on to, and the Jesus stuff and all that was just way too, like, Greek mythology, like I was saying. So I went down the new age spiritual quack stuff. You guys know who Neil? <laughs> you guys know Neil Donald Walsh at all? No. no. I've never heard of him. He wrote Conversations with God. He claimed to have written down on a paper and then God responded to him. Do hey, we've heard this story um, before. I think you have to destroy horcruxes, not yep. write to them. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's too bad God didn't give him any information corroborating things, you know what I mean? No. So that's what changed my mind. But really what actually changed my mind was I found The Believing Brain by Michael Shermer and the Wikipedia list of logical fallacies. That is a useful So Michael list. Shermer is in, in part one of the reasons why you became an Yeah, well, Carl Sagan's baloney detection kit, or I mm -hmm. call the bullshit detector. 
and knowing how to like vet your sources. Yeah. But the logical fallacies thing was the biggest thing. Cause I used to say, well, God, where did the universe come from? God, where did this come from? God, you know what I mean? It was a God of the gaps argument, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then personal incredulity, which is, I can't imagine that all this nature would come from a tiny little speck of energy. And then I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm an atheist then. Cause I can't use those stupid arguments cause I'll get crucified. <laughs> And that was it. And I lost like all of my beliefs in like 24 hours, like Graham Hancock, Jesse Ventura. I didn't, I didn't go as crazy as Alex Jones as some people that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks their light bulbs and TVs are going to kill them. But frogs are turning gay. Yeah. But I mean, you really do find people who believe in God and stuff like that also have other stupid beliefs, you know, like climate change denial, a whole bunch of different things. I lost like a hundred beliefs in 24 hours. It was traumatic. Damn. Wow. wow, that is that is very traumatic. But I changed my mind as soon as new evidence comes through, right? Mm-hmm. Not ashamed of it, and some people just hold the hell on for it. Would you say that's been a very positive experience for you? I mean, if you if you look at the pros and the cons there, what kind of a list would you make? Yeah, no, I mean it was a crutch, but I didn't really need it anymore, and I care about what's true, right? Mm-hmm. So the only issue that we, I really have is that you know, like a lot of people, I don't really want to die. I kind of want to, you know, wake up in the Matrix and be able to do it all over again. (laughs) But I realize that I'm not going to care because I'll be fucking dead. So it's not going to matter anyways. (laughs) But it bothers me now. So that's pretty much it. I didn't do the religious thing. I just couldn't get sucked into it. I'm like, okay, yeah. You were just just sucked into the woo-woo side of things. Yeah, because it wasn't as stupid and the god wasn't a dick. Mm -hmm. And he was also male and female because it was Mm -hmm. audiobooks. It switched back and forth between male and female and when i was a kid i have to forgive people therefore i'm going to become human torture and kill myself that does sound not sound like a good idea yeah there's, there's something weird about the idea of yeah i was like 10 like okay that's stupid that doesn't so make sense. were were your family religious growing up yeah my dad and my mom christian my mom just became a yak recently a yak young earth creationist oh those are fun. That's my parents as well. Yeah, I'm gonna tra- I'm gonna track that guy down, Larry Die, the creationist guy, oh and get him gosh. on my show and destroy him. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. Creationist. Okay, anybody else want to move on? Nancy, you're there. You might as well go next. You you have a very different path. I, yeah, I have a very different path. My my whole background is Jewish, and when I was a kid, um, I thought that was the best thing in the world because I had a really nice middle class upbringing, lots of friends, lots of um, relatives that I adored, and I thought that's really what the world was, but I had no idea that Judaism had a religious component to it. I thought that's just how people are. And um, so as I grew older, there was no God in, in our life. We observed the holidays, but most of the holidays I thought were built on myths that proved a point that had to do with morality or had to do with life in general. And so I never took it seriously um, other than the fact that if people want to believe in a God and that makes them, you know, feel more tied into the universe or gave them strength in their beliefs of being kind to each other um, or doing something with their life, that was fine. But I've never had... 
a personal concept of what it's like to believe in God. It's like, do I believe in the Easter Bunny? Do I believe in uh, the gingerbread boys at Christmas? I have, I understand intellectually, and of course I relate to other people that feel that that's either a, a blessing or a curse in their lives, but um, I've never been anything but secular. Um, I've had um, lots of different religions in our family. We've had Catholic, we've had Protestant. Um, but until I got really to college, there was no intrusion of any kind of religion in our life. I was born in Chicago, and people had their own religions. They went to their own church, but it wasn't a point of contention. It wasn't a, a point of discussion. It was a point of interest. Oh, you go to the Lutheran church. Oh, you go to the Catholic church. And Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. You said you were born in Chicago? I was born in Chicago. So so, so you, maybe you could put this to rest. Do they really have the best pizza? Yes, they do. And the best hot dogs. Better than oh. Canadian? Oh, and the best Italian beef sandwiches. Oh, which, oh man. Absolutely. All right. Sorry for interrupting you. Please <laughs> but actually, New York has pretty good pizza. California. And, and there's no such thing as a bad pizza. I mean, it's... Yes, well, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I disagree yes, with that. In yeah, your, I mean, in terms of... Had- in you terms never, of a city, I mean, you can make a bad You've never had Domino's pizza from Abbotsford, have you? <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I mean, in terms of overall, I don't think. But yeah, they've got great, they got great everything in Chicago. It's a wonderful place to grow up. It's a great, great city. But religion in the North it was something of a personal um, uh, nature. Nobody really cared one way or the other unless, you know, a pastor was some kind of a wacko and committed some kind of a crime. And then, you know, it was brought to everybody's attention that he was a member of such and such church. Plenty of those these days. Yeah. It'd be great but, to go back to those days. Like that sounds pretty good. Everybody just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but when I married, I married a non-Jew, and we decided to raise our children in the Unitarian. Was that was that frown? Because I, it seems to me the the typical idea you get from a Jewish family is they like to stick together, right? They oh like no, to... I was I was disowned for quite a oh, while. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. That that's when it that's when I realized in a number of ways that what my family what my my mother and father taught me and what their personal beliefs were weren't always in sync but I think they always expected me to marry a nice Jewish boy not because of the religion but just the ethnic you know uh, 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 continuation of of Judaism that I that was expected and to marry outside of, of the, the Judaism not be, again not necessarily the religious but just a non-Jew but isn't that kind of a crock because ethnic Jew, Judaism is not exactly what people really think well it, it, you, there are many people who are considered non-observant Jews those aren't the orthodox or conservative but the more liberal that you get because my family was more of a reform mm-hmm. um, that um, it, it was you know it that was as far as liberal as you as you wanted to go but when I went beyond the liberal into marrying a non a non-Jew that did cause some problems. They didn't tell you that the Old Testament was like history as a kid? I, I didn't. I never went to synagogue. I never had any religious training at oh. all. 
The, the Bible was something that was quoted maybe during Passover, uh, and when it was read, the Old Testament was read, and during Yom Kippur, um, it was read. So you never swung a chicken over your head? Never did. I so want to see that picture. I want to see yeah. Nancy swinging a chicken over I'd be, her head. I'd be glad to do it, but I'm, it's not, not in my DNA. I, don't I, I can basically sum it up really quickly, which is, we're special. Why does God keep screwing us over? And that's the Old Testament for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, I have. I have. I, I've never read it. I've never read the Bible all the way through. I'm familiar with certain passages and how it works. You know, like a regular book. Yeah. But um, you know, to be able to quote chapter and verse to bolster, you know, a certain point of view. You need to smoke a joint and read it. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I should. But anyway, my children um, were raised in the Unitarian. A church, which I, I still, if there was a Unitarian organization close by, I would, I would definitely be a part of it. Oh, really? I enjoyed. Oh yeah, I enjoyed being a Unitarian very much. Are you saying still that we're, we're not enough community here at Lifted Valley for you? You need, yeah. a, you need a church. That's, I, I, that what I'm here? I enjoy, I'm shocked enjoy, and hurt. Yeah, no, it, it has nothing to do with being shocked and hurt or <laughs> enjoying my my secular relationship, you know, to the atheist group here. It's just intellectually because so many people. In Unitarianism come from so many different points of view um, and are accepted as, you know, sort of on a spectrum. It's a very interesting group to belong to, and they're very um, socially conscious. There's a lot of activism that goes on, and I enjoyed the active and the support of being an activist, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Unitarianism. That's how we atheists fail, eh? It's like herding cats. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then when we moved to Canada and um, life happened and I came across our atheist group, it came at a time that I realized that this is a group where at this point I feel most comfortable and I enjoy and um, I'm hoping that you know our, our little group here goes on forever. I think it fills a need in the community and I think by having like-minded people it makes you a better person all the way around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll tell people to join our, our little group, right? You live to regret this. It's <laughs> gonna give Kevin's address out right here. Eh? <laughs> so I guess I, I, you know, I guess I don't have a story to tell in as much as I've uh, been on the same path, you know, since day one. Sounds like I didn't give a shit, and then I gave a shit less and less over time, and now I just really don't care. There you go. <laughs> 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 you have such an elegant, elegant way of putting things. I know, there. right? Yeah. Eloquence of Tyler. I know. <laughs> All right, so move on then. Okay. You're next, Christina. Uh, okay, everybody, strap in. <laughs> it all started with Harry Potter. No, actually, no. we weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up because that was of the devil. Oh. <laughs> and Disney. Uh, so, growing up, what wasn't of the devil for you? Uh, yeah, not much. The Bible. But um, so. My parents were part of the Quiverful movement. <laughs> and hence, I'm the youngest of 11 children. Wow. Yep, there's a lot of us. And we lived in the middle of nowhere, even for Canada. So, yeah, it's wow. like it was about a half an hour drive to the nearest town. So we were very isolated from anyone. And my family's very religious, like young earth creationist, um, like everything in the Bible is the word of God. But the, we didn't really read the, like the, the Bible wasn't, 
like we read like okay so another aspect of growing up religious is my father who was the more religious parent um he had a stroke two strokes in one seizure when i was seven years old and it paralyzed um half his body so he couldn't really move he was there he wasn't able to be the quote-unquote head of the household anymore Mm -hmm. so thankfully for my sanity uh we didn't have to do 6 a.m bible studies anymore (laughs) oh jeez you had to do 6 a.m bible studies well you that must have been hell i was so young that i i really missed out on a lot of the religious stuff so for me growing up it was very much you know we went to church when we could um and we like you know bible uh, like uh what is it like in the summer you did like the week of whatever it's called i forget where you go and get indoctrinated camp yeah but it, it, VB, vbs vacation bible school oh <laughs> i remember doing that um but one thing that was constant in our house was um you my parents would play like youtube videos of like alex jones and yeah and and nothing was like looked at critically it was like okay this person is talking and they're on like internet and they sound like they know what they're saying so we believe everything they say um this also happened with um uh, a young earth creationist kent hovind who i thought was like the most awesome person ever growing up because wow. I'm like, you yeah. You thought Ken Hovind was the most incredible person yeah. growing up? Hold on. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, I gotta put this. I was a sad child. Um, yeah, so I didn't even realize like other people believed other things until I, oh, how old? I would have been probably like 13 because also I was homeschooled. So, wow, this just gets better. And yeah, better. <laughs> not entirely, or we would never. Have yeah, met. well, I went to kindergarten, and then that's where I met Kirsten. But then my parents pulled us out, and we, I was homeschooled until grade five. But even then, I didn't even realize that other people believed other things because I didn't really talk about religion. I just assumed everyone believes in God because God's real, and. <laughs> sorry, Kirsten's cracking up over here. I was gonna say you talked about Daniel Jackson. Hey. Sh- um and then growing up it was everything was about how your life is going to serve god and how like like the only option is to like you know give your life to god and i never even questioned it not even like like not even like an inkling of a thought of that it might not be real And it wasn't until I was 18. No, actually, I wasn't 18 yet. I was 17, almost 18, and I got baptized. Um, Really? That's late. I I, I know. Um, Well, baptism wasn't actually a huge thing in my family. It was was looked at like you are making this conscious choice Mm -hmm. to, like... 100% 100% dedicate your life to God. So are That's you, actually how the Baptists do it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I was about to ask, are your parents Baptists? Um, we went to a Mennonite church growing up. Okay. But I don't... I don't Close enough? Yeah. I don't really even know, like, what specific denomination you would call us. Mm. Yeah. We went to the, the resident mega church in Abbotsford. Oh. <laughs> a mega church. Now, mega yeah. church in Abbotsford is not the same thing as you see no. down south. No, it's not. Not God even slightly. God parking lot. <laughs> protect your belongings um and it was after i got baptized um i have a twin sister um and she actually 
went away from religion years before I did. And she actually became a Wiccan. And so we would have long conversations where I was trying to like tell her how amazing God was. And she was like playing me clips from Seth Andrews being like, um, just listen to this. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But then there's, I was just like, well, you know, you just have to get to know him. Like, you just have to, like, read the Bible. You were totally that person oh, that we hate. Oh, 100%. Wow. 100%. Oh. such a hard time seeing How do you get I, to I, know I, I, some... So yeah. I'm a really hard time <laughs> And, like, I, I, like, I loved going to church. I loved oh, Bible God. study. I loved everything How about God. How do you get God. to know an entity that doesn't reveal itself to you? Like, I don't know. You guys are missing the funniest part. This is awesome. They did everything they could to convert her. And now she's an atheist and she's marrying a woman. This is awesome. (laughs) In in a non-monogamous relationship. (laughs) I think God injured your dad in order to turn you into an atheist. And that's what they would say if it was the other way around. God did it. Um, God did it. And it was really interesting because in these long conversations that I was having with my twin sister, I... Until one comment she made, I like had no doubt that God was really like none, not even so that turning slightly. point was a one comment. Yeah, and the comment she said to me in this in these conversations we were having was, "You sound like a battered wife." Whoa! And it it made me stop and actually look at the things that I was saying and realize. What I was saying was, oh, well, you You're just don't know him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and and it made me realize what I was saying was exactly what a battered wife says. And it, it, it flipped a switch in my brain that made me actually critically look at my beliefs. And within about 48 hours, I was an atheist. Because... <laughs> Immediately, I went and took, like, on my phone, and I just listened to Seth Andrews, and I was, like, I was listening to things that I had never even thought of, and I was um, experiencing the Bible in a way that had never been shown to me before, and it was amazing because I can remember the, the next like the day after I became an atheist driving in the car and just looking at the trees because with becoming an atheist, like everything that went along with it disappeared. Yeah. So one of the things was I now realized evolution was a thing. You just saw the world in a whole new It was world. It was amazing because I was looking at the trees and mean like, and the mountains and mean like, they're old. Like... Yeah, where'd that shit come from? Yeah, exactly. The whole universe gained this gravity and magnitude that wasn't there before mm. and it was it was just a whole paradigm shift and it was amazing and it was um at this time i was act, um i was going to counseling because i um i uh, have um major depressive disorder which has i've actually been suffering with since i was 12 years old mm-hmm. um and the counselor i was going to uh was a christian i had uh connected to her through church and I was really curious what she would re- like, because I knew what a counselor was supposed to say to a battered wife. So I was curious her reaction to things that I was saying about God. Yeah. So in my next counseling session, I said the exact same things that I had said to my twin sister, 
which had elicited that comment from her. And my counselor was just like nodding along, being like, yeah, totally. And it made me realize how detrimental religion can be to people with mental illness and people who need that like support and like actual guidance through like uh, facts you, you and didn't science. tell her you were talking about god you just told her no no no. i did I, oh, okay. I i did frame it like in god like but it was it was interesting that someone who had gone like to you you, you confirmed your sister's opinion with an, uh, an unbiased voice yeah it, it, it was it was it was just something like, really interesting for me and wow. so i didn't tell anyone that i was an atheist right away because I was still living with um, a religious relative of mine and I was I was moving out in a few months so I was when I left I was gonna kind of go into more into my atheism and I remember going to uh, the Bible studies and kind of like chuckling because I was looking at like everything that I had just like it's so silly now isn't it <laughs> well yeah everything that was just like going uncritically into my brain I was actually starting to like look at it and assess it and be like wait a second (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah and then podcasts um became a huge part of my life um like listening to atheist podcasts because like in my family with them being so religious and they're not very accepting of other ideas like my grandmother thought my sister was going to hell like this is another sister was going to hell because she went to a catholic church (laughs) <laughs> so yeah and like i have i have one non-religious fam cousin who is has kind of been like excommunicated from the family uh-huh. so it's it wasn't something that i was really wanting to be like hey guys yeah, yeah I understand. That. and somehow mm-hmm. they loved me yep <laughs> <laughs> so i couldn't really just you know get a book and just be like read it in the open so podcasts were kind of like what i went to yeah so like um the thinking atheist dogma debate um, I ve- eventually found like this, um, the scathing atheist and um, uh, cognitive dissonance, which are amazing. Very cool. Hilarious. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then that has definitely helped me kind of understand questions that I'd never even considered before. And, and now here now. I am. God really would be an abusive prick if you were dating. Yeah, him, totally. Hey, go kill totally. your, go kill your kid. Okay. No, nah, I'm just fucking with him. Yeah. I'm just, just wanted to see if you do it. Psych. I remember sitting in a uh, family dinner with you with, uh, I had a headphone in one ear and you had the other headphone and listening to an atheist podcast. Yep. You got to perfect the skill. <laughs> right under somebody's nose. Apostasy. And just giggling. And of course, your story is very different. <laughs> My story is very different because there isn't much of a story. Much like with me not having a left hand. Not much of a story there either. <laughs> so I guess you could say I'm what happens when you just let the child come to their own devices. Very good. There we go. Nothing was pushed upon me. I didn't even have to do chores as a child. Of what? Course, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not you fair. Poor thing. Oh, I can add on to that. I lived on a farm and didn't have to do chores. Oh, that is so not fair. I got a little older and I had to have to help my grandma clean out the barn every now and then, but uh, you poor that's thing. That's about it. Yeah, you're so abused. So abused. <laughs> I know. Child Never labor. given the opportunity to know also, God. Also, only child. Oh, yep. spoiled to death. I tell you that. Yep. Atheist hippie parents. Lived, beat next. Yeah. Lived with my grandparents. 
to add yep. on to that. So you were spoiled rotten. Oh, I was absolutely <laughs> spoiled rotten. And never That's had the somehow... opportunity to know God. Well, she came to your my house should be, and she, should she be... got indoctrinated. And it bounced off of my noggin like a coconut off of your a Your parents should be charged <laughs> yep. with child abuse. Well, my dad's dead, so... It's a bit late for that. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I didn't know him. I There's wish my dad there, was but, uh, dead. Yeah, our oh. plan didn't work, did it? So, yeah, I guess that's what happens when you just kind of so let the child come to their own devices. So even as a kid, you you didn't see some 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 children that were playing with you try to bring you into the fold or anything like that? Nope, and I have, was over at Christina's house many times. So when so when Christina discovered that she was an atheist like 48 hours and you were going over to the house and having dinners and being oh, exposed um, to all of when this happened I was living in the Okanagan oh and okay. she didn't yeah. tell me when she left I was depressed okay leave me I alone know, I forgive you now <laughs> okay, so, so no I was I was wondering whether or not you were influenced by her religious parents and took on any of that or you just sort of stayed more secular regardless of what her family believed I don't think any of that really influenced me that okay. much. It's just, I, intellectually, I think I'm a lot better now. As a child, I could say I was a little bit, I was book smart as a child. Um, aside from that, maybe emotionally not that smart. I also didn't really like you, feel like people coming over very much because my mom was a hoarder. So it wasn't really like, yeah, friends, I was come one over to my house. <laughs> I was one of the few. Yeah. Wow. But and even then, you only came over a few times. I didn't care about that either. No, true. What's that saying? Religion is like a penis. It shouldn't be exposed to children. Yeah, or shoved down your throat. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's the solution. You guys can tell your kids about religion, oh. not until they're 18, and then religion will be gone. That would yeah, be nice. The extent Very of cool. religion is in my family is maybe my great-grandmother. Oh, wow. Um. I, I I remember being told that my mother was disowned for having me out of wedlock and no feeling silly. no repercussions for that. That's about it. Huh. Okay. I have a Christian cousin. Makes it pretty simple. Not a big part of me yeah. envies you. Yeah. <laughs> part of me envies you. So I a lot of what goes too, on right? on here, I honestly have it's all new information for me. I'm like, oh wow, did I dodge a bullet there? <laughs> yeah. Just slightly. Yeah, absolutely, but. absolutely. But it's okay because we have a whole bunch of different kinds of voices. You know, we have voices of experience and voices of Me. new to it. Yeah, I, I prefer, don't want to see any. I prefer the is. voice of retribution. <laughs> of course, I was always raised not having. I was, as some of you may not know by this point, I don't have a left hand. I was born that way, um, and I was always raised. I was never taught that I was different um, to do things differently. I was again left to my own devices i was never treated like there was something wrong with me it was always i always found out have figured out a way to do things and now even my family and my fiance quite often forget that i only have one hand yep <laughs> i'll sometimes just be like wait what's wait what it's, it's kind of a compliment in a way because it's, you know they're not People treating just, anybody yeah, any, just any different than anybody well, yeah. so i think all children need to be all children should be raised that way you are who you are you make the most of who you are and you're supported 100 exactly is that so difficult <laughs> when people ask about your hand just say iraq <laughs> you know, everyone tells me to make up a really fun story shark. about it. I oh, I I try to convince her to say like a bear molded or something. Shark. Just make shark. up a new story every time.
time before. Yeah. Well, that's you're what I would do. Talking to somebody who's been probably less than ten feet away from a wild bear, so uh, that's yeah, very possible. Yeah, we possible. live in the country. <laughs> Everyone where oh, we yeah. live has been ten feet away from a bear. I, I just tell <laughs> there's people there's one on the balcony right now. Exactly. <laughs> I just tell people I went blind from masturbating too close to the television. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, moving on. Scott? Mr. Scott. You really want to hear this story? No, it's but it's all the program, so we've got to. We're okay. obligated. <laughs> well, I'll start at the beginning. Like other children in that time, I was born. <laughs> That's going right to the beginning. Your mother that. was there. <laughs> My mother was present. Yeah. Um, I was christened. Yeah, when I was, when I was, I guess when I was a child, I was christened Anglican because that was our, our family religion and uh, I don't ever remember going to an Anglican well maybe for a wedding or something I might have as a child gone to an Anglican church I have no idea what that means what's that I don't know what that means or Mennonite or any of these denominations yeah, yeah. <laughs> me neither um, Ooh, swine. Anglican is kind of like the Catholic Church it's the it's the Church of England right no Catholic yes. Catholic makes sense evolution well, good gays bad That's right the, and and Ang- well Anglican is kind of like Catholic Catholicism in the way it runs and the way it uh, all the but anyway so we never went to church when I was uh, when I was young 10 years old or so my parents made me go to Sunday school at a Baptist church in uh, around the corner from our place so i always had problems listening to the stories and going well how can that be because i was i was thinking with a logical mind and and you read these stories in the bible and well that can't so you try and find some logical explanation for it for what was going on like genesis i had a real problem with gen the whole story of genesis well there has to be some logical explanation because this couldn't be right and then I joined the military, and I ended up going, getting posted to uh, Greenwood, Nova Scotia, which is a very religious. The valley in Nova Scotia is really, really religious as well, to the point where on the base we couldn't have the strippers come in <laughs> to a to a, a junior ranks night because, well, they, the religious people of the valley got pissed off because we were having strippers come in, so they canceled it. That's just mean. Yeah, so the yeah. next town over, uh, have any of you ever heard of the uh, the Alpha Course? No. Okay, in for young Christian men in a, in a number of denominations, there's this thing called the Alpha Course, and and you learn about Jesus, you learn about being a Christian, you learn about the male responsibility of being a Christian. Kind of uh, backwards way of thinking when you look it's at it. It's still going strong, isn't it, Scott? I, I mean, think it is. Yeah, I think the Alpha going. Course yeah. is, and actually, you can look yeah. it up online. The Alpha yeah. Course, and it's, it's still going. So I took this course, I enrolled in it, and it was a non-denominational minister. And we went to this church, and uh, I remember going through the whole course, and I still, like, I just can't get it. I'm not getting it, right? But near the end of the course, I'm sitting in one of the back pews with another guy, and we're watching, and they start talking about speaking in tongues. And everybody in the church gets all wound up, and the next thing you know, all these people are going up to the front, the minister's praying, they're all writhing, they're all starting to speak in tongues if you get my drift i did that all the time just right out to lunch so i'm looking and i and i'm watching and the minister keeps looking back at the two of us because we're sitting there doing nothing and he's looking giving me dirty looks and i looked over at the guy sitting next to me in the pew and i said do you want to go out for a smoke he says do you smoke i said no but i want to go out for a smoke (laughs) so we went out the back door of the church and we're standing against the wall and i'm looking at him and he's looking at me he says i'm not going back in i said fuck it i'm not going back in either and that was the last i had to do with any religion i was done wow 
right? And since do, that, do the tongues down. It's like Wuhan, Wuhanabana. Just oh, like they're a, just crazy. adults speaking gibberish. Just uh, absolute off. crazy. Adults speaking gibberish, thinking that there's the spirit of the the Holy Spirit inside of them speaking through them. I did so, it all the and, time. And and then YouTube has been the greatest thing ever since since finding YouTube. When did that start? Two thousand and six or Five. something. Two thousand and five. And watching the atheist movement be able to go out onto a forum where it can be seen widely. It can be, people can exchange ideas. People can, and the internet has been a beautiful thing for that. The exchange of ideas. Now, if we could only get the flat earthers to shut the hell up (laughs) and get the religious people to get their head out of their ass, I think life would be really good. But that's my story. Okay. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I do believe that the original interpretation of speaking in tongues was like somebody who only spoke English. All of a sudden, they could speak like a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. languages. Yeah, they could speak Chinese. The funny thing is, out. though, you're not supposed to speak in tongues unless there's someone there to interpret you. Like, that's actually part of, like, in the wow. speaking of tongues. I don't know. It was a bunch of BS to yeah, me. Yeah, it but totally is. Let's just donate a whole bunch of poisonous snakes. Oh, my God, yes. That's the one thing I didn't do, guys. I didn't do snake handling. You wouldn't be here <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I'll I'll finish with tell my, uh, tell my story. My story is a, a bit bizarre in that sense, too. Um, I was born back east, uh, and I was raised Catholic. Now, the funny thing is, is... Uh, you know how they say Catholics, you know, if you're a Catholic, you only show up at Christmas and Easter. And mm-hmm. literally it was pretty much that when it came to church. Uh, people are Catholic and everybody's Catholic, but the only time you go to church is for a wedding or a funeral or something like that. Uh, it's it's not really anything that's part of your life at all. Until uh, when I was about in grade two. And then my, my mother had uh, divorced my father and uh, she uh, started dating this fellow. And he came from a, uh, a more religious background. He's my stepfather today, and he's a much more religious background. And, and at the same time, uh, my brother had received a uh, illustrated Bible for kids. That, that's the best. It was absolutely a fantastic little book. And, uh, the pictures were absolutely great. And, you know, one story was one page, or maybe, maybe two at the most. Right, and it had a fantastic, fantastic like paint style, like almost like a Michelangelo style painting of the the whatever the the story was, and I devoured that book as a child, uh, and uh, to the point that I knew all the stories very very well. And of course, my favorite was like Samson the Judge, he was the strong man and stuff like that. They leave out the Malachites getting slaughtered. Oh yeah, of course, of course. You know, they leave all the bad stuff. It's all the good stuff, right? Uh, and. Uh, to the to the point that my mother was actually seriously thinking at that point that I would I had a future in in uh, theology at some point she actually for the longest time thought I would become a priest but it it had nothing to do with religion it had to do with the pictures and the text and it the, was the whole thing was mythology yeah you it was get, mythology and yeah. and people were telling me it was real at the same time it was the stories of monsters and and heroes and you know it was it was like Greek mythology but North mythologies so much better. And and, and they were telling me that all this was real. So uh, at that point, we started going to church a bit more often. And fast forward till in my teen years, uh, where all of a sudden uh, I'm being dragged to church. And like every kid, you don't want to go to church. You don't want to wake up on a Sunday morning and you have to put on that ugly sweater you hate. (laughs) Because you have to look your Sunday best. And yeah, it's it's hot in the church. And, you know, you're listening to the mumbles of people and they're, they're sitting, they're 
stand up and chanting and then they're sitting and then they're kneeling and you know that routine like that and then at some point i started looking around and it all sounded so robotic to me it sounded so rehearsed so there was no passion in the singing it was just like it's just, it's just like people had memorized the lines and they were just you know just getting through the motion and i noticed that and i made a huge impression on me I made a huge, huge impression on me, and I started looking around and thinking, "None of these people actually believe this," you know, and that 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 stayed with me. So that kind of began my apostasy. A bit a bit further on, and still in high school, uh, the first uh, Kuwaiti war started to happen, and uh, Saddam Hussein at the time was invading Kuwait, and my chemistry teacher came into uh, the class, and he he said he wanted to lead the class in prayer. And because he he calls Saddam Hussein the uh, little Hitler of the 20th century or something like that, or and and as he started to do the prayer, and of course being Catholic, he he had to do the, the sign of the cross. I caught myself doing that out of reflex, and I was embarrassed, super super embarrassed, and I was hoping to hell nobody else in the class saw me do this. And I remember that moment very strongly. And uh, at that point. It, it kind of drew me further away from the whole the whole belief. But I still believed that there had to be a god or something like that. Um, around my 18th birthday, I happened to be uh, going outside. I went to the woods and decided to start meditating under a tree. Literally on my birthday. And I had this, you know, you just have these images in your mind. You know, call them vision, call them whatever you want. And I had this, this, this image of an old dusty Bible. And out of the blue, that image in my mind, shattered like glass. And then I opened up my eyes and I said, I don't believe this crap. But I was still, I was still, I didn't believe in Christianity at that point. That was my exit from Christianity from there. But I still had those beliefs, like Tyler said, you know, those, the woo. I, I still believe in a lot of the woo. And I still had, there had to be some force in the universe. Like deism as like a exactly. transition. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I kind of, kind of flirted a bit with the occult a bit, you know, the, the, the paganism and that kind wow. of stuff. Flirted a bit with that. Uh, I only became a full-on activist atheist fairly recently, actually, if you look at time-wise. Uh, when I moved to BC, uh, I started doing a, uh, a group called Cinema Politica. What we did is we used to uh, take documentaries and uh, show them to the public for free and try to bring in a guest speaker and talk about the subject at hand. And I thought it was important, an important message. And every time you were watching one of these movies, a lot of these movies, the theme was very similar. You know, it was uh, it was anti-capitalist. It was um, anti-industry in many aspects. And, you know, a lot of the problems, I do have a bit of a uh, environmental streak to, to myself, environmentalist. So the, the, there was this, the, the, the culprit in these movies were pretty much always the same. It was always big industry, greed, you know, people, the, the pursuit of money and all that. And I was thinking one day, and I, I, I was sitting down, and I said, why, what was the origin of that? Why is it always blaming these, the same kind of suspect? And then it came to my mind, as a lot of these companies, of course, especially North America, are Christians, uh, started by Christian, and that, that one quote in the Bible, at the beginning in Genesis, said, that says that man will have dominion over the creatures, and dominion over the earth. And I realized, oh my God, is there is there a link there between religion and the way people treat uh, their fellow people, their, their fellow man or nature? <coughs> Excuse me. And I thought, wow. So I had to look further into it. 
So I started doing a bit of research, and then I stumbled uh, upon Christopher Hitchens. I stumbled upon some videos of Christopher Hitchens, and that just blew it right open. I was watching YouTube, and I still do to this day, I, like every morning, and I'm watching these videos. And of course, all of a sudden, Dawkins comes in, and Harris comes in, and all that, and I said, oh my God, these are my people. These are talking exactly, they're having the same kind of problems I had with all of it. And after that, uh, a couple of years after that, I found uh, there was an atheist group. I was lamenting. I said, hey, geez, I wish there were some atheist groups out there I could go to. And it happened to be one in Abbotsford. It's like, holy crap. So then I became part of the uh, Fraser Valley Atheist Skeptics and Humanists. And this is where I met Nancy. You know, yeah, I think you came. I don't know whether you and I came at, at the same meeting. Or you may have come at one, you know, sooner than yeah, I yeah. did. But when I know when we joined <coughs> the group... I think you know, many of us had the same feeling as, oh my gosh, these are our people. And I'm we immediately, yeah, around that, the table, our discussion group immediately formed this fantastic bond. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And it was just, it was instantaneous. And it was like, this is my family. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was, it was, it has been and it will be, you know, a, a great, you know, great part of our life. And then you saw Joel Olstein's mansion and that just sealed the deal, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But what, what I did do this is when I became part of the group and I, I saw also the, uh, the, the thing, like, it's like herding cats and all that. And I thought, I thought to myself, how many more like me are out there? thinking they're by themselves and you know uh, they're afraid I wasn't afraid to come out and, and talk about it I'm still not but some people are and they're in situations where they have a hard time <coughs> excuse me they have a hard time doing that uh, so I, then I, I started realizing okay uh, where can I get more information and besides YouTube videos there was this podcasting thing that started happening so I, then I started listening to some podcasts and there were some shows out there and I'm, I was listening to them and I'm, thought, I'm thinking well, this this show is okay. It's informative, but it really kind of sucks, you know. I said we we can do something better than this, and this is how Left at Valley started. And of course, I didn't know nothing about nothing. And if you go back to some of our first shows, they are rough. They are yeah, they are totally rough. <laughs> didn't know anything about the sound level or anything. And the, some of the first shows are recorded mono, just to give you an idea. I, yeah, but you had the courage to do it, exactly. And, you, and you've grown with the responsibilities ever since. And the show, as the show has progressed over the the couple of years we've been doing this, it's been getting and it's better. Still and and it's still rough, and it's still <laughs> yeah, it still is. It'll probably never but get it's rough in, It's rough in a more professional way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those were the first steps, and then it's still morphing into it's whatever morphing. we make it. And it's, it's always, it's it grows organically and it will always grow. And, you know, some people have come and some people have gone. And, you know, uh, and, and, and that's fine. Everybody brings something to it. Some people are willing to de- dedicate a lot to it. Others are just willing to be here and be a voice. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. I don't want to force anybody on that. But uh, this, this, this whole atheism thing has taken me on a superb journey that... You know, if I was to think that I had not taken those couple of steps, there's no way in hell I would have met people like Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins and stuff like that. These are fantastic I, people. I want to know the argument that changed your mind about deism. Because <laughs> nobody really mentioned the argument. You know what I mean? They said, oh, I listen to Seth Andrews or I listen to Christopher Hitchens. But what were the arguments? Because deism was obviously just going back a step, which is unnecessary, right? I learned about physics, and that's what made me stop being a deist. What made you stop being a deist? Well, you know, when you believe that there's a when you believe in a deistic god, you get to the point where you say, "Well, okay, 
it's not a theistic god like like the the Christian god that actually interacts with people. So there's a there's a bit of conflict. If you if you listen to the Wiccans, for example, they'll say it's it's kind of deistic but theistic at the same time because there's no there's no interaction but there is. He's like a deadbeat dad. They just abandoned. Yeah, exactly. Him. Right. So okay. So there's a force. There's a, the primal cause that caused everything that started everything. But at the same time, they're not there. So at that point, you start realizing was there. You start questioning yourself. You start questioning. Okay, am I am I just making this stuff up? And what's the difference between undetectable and non-existent? Exactly. They look the same, right? That's what did it for me. I think some people go at it with the, that intellectual um, uh, bent, you know, to to, to, or to try and, and, and answer, answer questions and arguments. But I think some of us come to it a lot easier. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you don't look back and you don't realize no, that there's any flaws in that. It's just... This doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make it makes sense. as much sense as myths and Mother Goose and everything else. That's a story to try to explain things when you don't have science. And that's it. I don't think everybody needs to go through. But there are a lot of people that do have to do that because they need the reinforcement to say, yes, uh, there there is a, a foundation that I can use that says there is no God because it's very difficult for some people to give up that idea so the more um the the more facts that they have the better they feel about leaving leaving and defending your position yeah yeah which brings which brings us to a point where we haven't really covered that much in that once you you come to that decision however you get there then how do you deal with your friends and family who are still in that religion yeah. or in some some or, or dealing with the religious community where you're the only atheist in the room and maybe the only atheist in the building well, I, and maybe one of very few atheists I in, see in the I city. see one of one of the arguments that keeps coming up every time this this discussion of whether there is or isn't a god and one of the first things that people will say is you can't say that there is no god definitely and i've even heard atheists say this and it's like okay can i say that there's no purple unicorn around the corner i i can say there's no purple unicorn around the corner the reason i can say that is because there's no foundation of a purple unicorn anywhere that would tell me there's a purple unicorn around the corner but the purple unicorn is testable god is not well and and there you go but but not testable means not there. If it's not testable, it's not there. It's a human construct. We created God. <laughs> there is yeah. no reason to believe in a God. There, if, if no one had ever told you there was a God, would you have any reason to believe in a God? Like, no, well, you wouldn't. You probably so, would have asked some questions and made up some other issues. Yeah, but, some but, big so, magical so what, version yeah, of so yourself. What, so what it comes down to is there can't be any God unless you show me evidence there is a God. Show me evidence of the purple but unicorn you, around the corner. But you can still be a... I'm a 6.99999 on the Richard Dawkins scale for a reason. I like to say 6.66 for myself. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but not a 7 because that's just... You have to admit that you'll change your mind. You know what I mean? Burden of proof but comes becomes I'll, yours. I'll change my mind if someone shows me the purple unicorn around the corner. And what I'm saying is that there's no reason for there to be a god. There's no. It's a human construct. That's why we it's, the, it's the null hypothesis. The burden of proof. Well, and 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 I'll even take that a step further. If you were a child who grew up not never knowing about human society and God, would there be any reason to believe in God? Would there be any reason to even 
come up with the concept of the well, god. That we, we, we did. We didn't know where shit came from, so we said big magical version exactly, of ourselves created exactly. it. Exactly. So we perpetuate it. We're perpetuating yeah, it. Yeah, but if, you, if you're a seven, then you're making a positive claim. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Did, did, did anyone um, have particularly difficult uh, relationships with their, with their family because of coming out as an atheist? <laughs> or did you have to hide it? Or how, did, well, how did that go? The conversation the doesn't come up for me. <laughs> yeah. the, the questions never come up for me because I just don't discuss it with my family. I know that I have people in my family who are religious. It's not a topic of discussion. There's no reason to discuss it. They don't push their religion on me. Yeah. I don't push my, my non-belief on them. I get, I get the pat on the head saying, oh, yeah, you'll, you'll get back to the fold eventually. That's what I get. Ooh. People hide from me. I don't hide from them. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. My, with my family, because we were so diverse, we had a lot of different religions, and it didn't make any didn't make any difference one way or the other. And with my parents, it was, I'm Jewish. I'm always going to be Jewish. And whether I believed in God or not, they were pretty much agnostic anyway. So they didn't care as long as I maintained my Jewish identity and put that uppermost in my life, they were happy with that. And I don't I don't see a point where I would not consider myself Jewish. So everything worked out. Yeah, as far way. as we're concerned, you're the wandering Jew. You've been I am. <laughs> all over the place and everywhere and throughout I time. I am. It's just it's just part of my my history and my DNA and and who I am. What about you, Christina? Um, well, I actually don't know if my family has more of a problem with my atheism or the fact that I'm not heterosexual. It's kind of sketchy to tell the difference. I think, like, I have one sister who won't let me have any interaction with her six children because um, I was hanging out with one of her daughters for, we were talking about, like, me liking girls. And uh, it resulted in her being less homophobic. So her mom, my sister, was Terrible. like, ah, oh, yeah, no, we can't have that. So now I'm not allowed to talk to her children. That's sad. Yeah. That, um, that must be painful. It really is. It, it really hard. is. Yeah. Um, That's so weird. There's, there's nobody who's, like, come out and, like, told me straight to my face that I should die. Um, but they've, <laughs> they've, I have siblings who've made comments to other gay people that wow. they should do that wow. Um, wow. without realizing that I was um, not heterosexual at the time. Um, so I think I think for me, it's more just they don't want to face that question. I think also you might want to bear in mind that, you know, a lot of people are very conservative towards these things until it happens oh, to them. Oh, totally. Then they change their mind. Yeah. So the fact that your brothers and sisters were mean to other uh, gay people yeah. before and now all of a sudden you're part of that group, mm -hmm. maybe they've stopped yeah. because of that. Well, I have I have some siblings that have no issue with it, with my atheism or um, my liking you multiple genders. And we love them dearly. Yes. Um, yeah. I With having 10 siblings, I have a large range. Like... <laughs> Wow. I have the whole spectrum. My really? parents my parents are not very accepting. Um, my aunt, who basically raised me because my parents aren't very good parents, <laughs> um, she she's been having a really a hard time with it. But I'm I'm really trying to you know give her. It's such a shame they time. feel it's a failure. They feel they feel it's a failure on their part. Yeah, it's such it's, it's such nonsense. I think it's because the idea of me kissing another guy, I find that gross. So I have to expect everybody else to think that's gross. Yeah. Well, also they have to face the fact that their Bible says I'm going to be going to hell. 
Yeah. Like that that's a fact that they have to live with is that yeah. their their holy text tells them that because I am attracted to people with a vagina I'm going to hell. Yeah. Oh, I share that sentiment with you. We have that in common. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think on a subconscious level, they also realize that, you know, uh, them going to heaven and you going to hell, even if they believe it, there's no way in hell they could be happy in heaven if knowing that you would be in hell. Yeah. I think on the subconscious level, they know this. And of course, it threatens the entire mountain of cars they have built as a religion. Right? Yeah. That's why they lash out. I think you can just throw Paul right out of the Bible and then there's nothing homophobic about the New Testament, I think. I think there's a couple in... Oh, yeah. Paul is... Romans. Paul, <laughs> Paul wrote Romans, right? Yeah. yeah and okay. Paul I, might have been yeah, gay. Was, might have been gay himself. Yeah. Paul yeah. Was so anti-woman, he was staring. Remember when we interviewed David Fitzgerald, all the gay jokes? Oh, my God. They just kept going and going <laughs> and going. Yeah, that was fun. Oh. It was really funny. One day at work, uh, quite recently, actually, I was just... Happened to popped in my head. I realized, I'm going to marry her, and I am going to gain... Ten more siblings. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to gain a younger nope. sister who is obsessed with Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> now, so excited! Somebody who was raised as an only child now going to have having let's see, uh, twelve siblings because I met my no, two half siblings. Oh what? no, you're right. You're right. I'm marrying one of you. Oh my gosh, I'm bad at math, guys. <laughs> Wow, you're really bad. I'm at bad math. at math. I guess that's how we'll end the show. And another cup of coffee for Christina. Uh, guys, thank you so I much. I worked nights last night, guys. And I oh, made you coffee I, this morning, and so did Kevin. Yeah, thank I you hate so much for sharing your, your your stories here on the show. I certainly appreciate that. You can follow us on leftofvalue.com. You can follow us at uh, uh, on Facebook or on, on uh, Twitter at LATV Podcast. There's an, an email at leftofvalue at outlook.com. Tyler, you want to plug in your show? What do you think? Uh, yeah, if you want to argue with me while I'm drunk live with a whole bunch of other people, that's totally fine. I mean, there's the Facebook group, so you think you're a skeptic live call-in debate show, and we have lots of famous people. I have no idea why they come on the show. I it's fun. Wouldn't. It's entertaining. That's why. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, trigger warning, go yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, guys. Coming up. Uh, this is December already. My God, where has the year gone? Who Next knows? We'll be talking to the guys, and Ian Bushfield and the boys from Politicos. We talk about politics, and it'll be interesting. Of course, on the 16th, we have Thomas Smith. Woo-hoo. Who's that? He's a podcaster. Um, oh, yeah. Famous podcaster. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't in our any. tiny community. <laughs> serious inquiries only. I don't know anybody. And of course, on the 23rd, I'll be our Christmas special. And of course, on the 30th, we'll be, be doing the best. We'll be reviewing the best shows that we had all year, 2017. While we play a drinking version of Are You Smarter Than the Fifth Grade? Yes. Absolutely. And Everybody course, likes my idea. I will not win, as exampled by my earlier math skills. <laughs> in the new year, we'll be talking to David Fitzgerald is coming back, and as well, Michael Sherman and our old friend Damien Gillis. Remember Damien Gillis? He'll be coming to talk to us about the wild salmon and maybe the sightsee ham. Okay. Looking for a tour, course, board. Good so, lineup is all. Now, is this Canadian? Are you smarter than a fifth grader or American? Yeah, there's quite a difference. There's a big difference. The educational there. system. I don't. I, I, lose <laughs> bo- I lose both. I don't care. <laughs> Either way, guys, thank you so much. Until next time. Oh, gay salmon, yeah. This is just not the gay salmon. <laughs>
Now let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action of tactic. I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone. Speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be 